and we're live. I don't know how many people are going to show up for this actually in live. I'm guessing a lot of you will be watching this in person because I know like after a loss like this, and this was a huge blow to the Jazz, I wouldn't want to go <laughs> watch a stream about uh, the Jazz losing and like relive it. But for anyone who comes up and comes here live, thanks for joining us. Um, but yeah, rough loss for the Jazz. Um, I don't know, like, I want to come on here and be positive and talk about how the Jazz can come back and win this series, which they totally can. It's going to be very, very difficult, and the Jazz are going to have to fix a lot of things that they haven't been doing good this series, or doing well, whatever the correct grammar is there. The Jazz need to fix a lot if they want a chance at winning, even with Kawhi Leonard being out, because Paul George just showed that he is a viable first option in the playoffs. Um, I don't like the Clip- if the Clippers end up beating the Jazz in this series and move on. I don't like the Clippers' chances to move on to the finals, even with how good they've been playing. They like the Clippers. Honestly, they're not. They haven't played great most of the games this, se- this series, and that's probably a hot take. Um, the Jazz just haven't been. The Jazz just haven't been playing good enough to beat them. And what the Clippers do bring is they bring energy every single play, and they are aggressive on defense. Even if they're not the greatest defensive team, they have the energy and they have the aggression, which is what's winning them these games. And they have enough good shooters that they hit enough shots to put up more points than the Jazz are putting up. Um, so that's what that's what the Clippers are winning, uh, why they're winning. Without Kawhi Leonard, I can't see them getting past the Suns. Sorry. Um, but... That's my take on the Clippers. That's kind of, um, and I guess my hot take on the Clippers actually aren't playing good this series, which is making the Jazz look even worse. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will disagree and talk about how great they are, but honestly, I don't think, uh, and and this is the eye test. The stats don't back this up a whole ton, but yeah, let's get into it. First off, um, with the Clippers, Paul George was incredible. Uh, 37.16 rebounds, five assists. He was 12 for 22 sh- from the field. Um, a lot of people were doubting him. He played pretty bad at the beginning of the series. Um, he almost had a 40 point game tonight. So he's one of the, like, if he didn't step up like this, the jazz probably would have pulled out this game, uh, which would have been a miracle with how the jazz were playing. Uh, the only bright side of this game for the Jazz was Bojan in the first quarter. And he had a couple big shots down the stretch as well. But Bojan in the first quarter, that was the best Bojan... Maybe the best Bojan we've seen since he joined the Jazz. I know he's had some big highlights, but... If if he could have kept that kind of shooting going that he was had going in the first quarter, uh, the Jazz would have been awesome. Um, but, and just a forewarning, like this is, this is, this may come off as doom and gloom for all of you listening. Um, I, I don't want to be super negative. Like I said, I still think the Jazz have a shot at winning. It's just going to be tough. Um, I still think the Jazz are a better team, which may be a hot take right there. Um, I just don't think they've been playing like a better team these past three games. And I'm going to highlight a few reasons that I've been noticing of why. I think 
they haven't been playing like a better team, even though they are the better team. And the good news, at least, there, there's like a positive side to this, that a lot of the things that I'm noticing that the Jazz need to fix aren't fundamental problems. They're not things that uh, will take weeks of practice to really iron into the team. They're things that, they're, they're little tweaks that if players decide, if players realize it and they, they decide to change their game, then the Jazz can turn this around, win the next two games, and go be ready to, to play the Suns, hopefully with a healthy Mike Conley in the conference finals. Um. Yeah. So the first thing I like I I want to talk about. Well, I'll start with a team before I start singling out players. And I know I I feel bad singling out some of these players because, and I feel like I'm going to say a lot of negative stuff about Donovan Mitchell, even though he's the best player on the team. He played like the best player on the team. Uh, this entire this entire playoffs, he is incredible. Um. And he understands basketball much better than I do, so um, I guess take take my opinion with a grain of salt in that in that sense. I don't want to be the guy bagging on Donovan Mitchell because I think he's a franchise player, and I think he, if he's not now, I think he will in the next two seasons become the kind of player who will be the best player on a championship team. Um, so that's that's uh, Donovan Mitchell is one of my favorite players. I think he's one of the best players in the league. Um, I'll preface that before talking about everything that I think he's been doing wrong lately. Um, yeah, but to start off with the team, um, they get too nervous in big moments when, when it's those pivotal times of which team is going to gain the momentum. There's only really like two players, uh, when Conley's healthy, I'd say three players, but right now there's only two players on the active roster who are comfortable taking those big shots that matter with momentum. And the downside is these two players are very streaky shooters in Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson. I noticed several times this game where, uh, like, Royce O'Neal, um, Boya, not so much. He was a quick trigger this game. He did, he did pass up a couple. Uh, Joe Ingles was kind of like this. But, like, there's one time specifically where Jordan Clarkson, he had a wide-open three. He sat there for a good second, second and a half, wide open. No one even came to contest him, and he passed to a contested Donovan Mitchell late in the shot clock and forced Donovan Mitchell to take an awful three-point shot at the end of the shot clock. Um, and And the sad thing is if... Royce took that shot, he would have missed it because he wasn't confident. And and that's what we're that's what I'm seeing from some of the players. They feel the weight of those moments and they they let it get to them. Um the Jazz when they're playing like they did in the first quarter on offense at least, their defense was a little like there's a lot to dig into there on the defense in the first quarter, but um the Jazz players need to not let the like they're playing like they're not a veteran team, which, and I guess a lot of people argue that they aren't because they haven't been to a conference finals, but they've had lots of playoff games. Um, they've kept the core together pretty similar, um, and so these these players have been in the playoffs. They they know what the pressure is like. 
They need to stop caving under the pressure. Um, and if Royce O'Neal could figure that out, that would be a huge bonus for the Jazz, and that would upgrade the tier of Royce O'Neal of how people view him around the NBA. Because around the NBA, like uh, I don't, I don't like two K ratings because they're not really an accurate description of how they, how players actually play. But a lot of NBA fans kind of view NBA players in two K ratings, and everyone views Royce O'Neal as a seventy three overall when. In reality, the impact that he has is a lot better than what you would consider normal 73 overall in 2K. But if he if he can, it's a very intangible thing. But if he can like not let the pressure get to him as much, that would be huge, and and it would be huge for this Jazz team. Um, the before I before I hop into the Donovan Mitchell and, and the things that I think would be a huge difference for him, uh, I want to talk about Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson hit some big shots tonight. Those were awesome. Overall, though, I think Jordan Clarkson, how he plays on offense, at least in this game, because I love how he plays. He He's aggressive enough, and most players on the Jazz aren't aggressive enough. I think the Jazz need to be more aggressive. They're, they're too comfortable standing on the three-point line waiting for an open shot, and then if they're not comfortable shooting the open shot, they pass it again, uh, which I don't... I Like, when they get an open shot, they need to take it, and when defense is committing too much to the three-point line they need to be aggressive like Jordan Clarkson Jordan Clarkson is fine taking it inside whenever he wants or take like taking a three-pointer whenever he wants um then again I feel like that was part of the problem tonight Jordan Clarkson was um he was forcing things too much I'll put it that way he I loved some of the plays that he made but at the same time uh like a couple plays after he had that technical on Batum, which was a, I was okay with all the technical and flagrant fouls the refs called, except for that one on Batum. I think that one was bogus. Um, but after that technical on Batum, emotions were high, and he went and took an awful shot like two possessions later because he was trying to like use that as a launching pad, which I wanted the Jazz to use that as a launching pad as a motivator, and they did a little bit, but a launching pad you shouldn't be taking awful shots. A lot, when you when you say okay let's get motivated this start this comeback starting now that's not okay i'm gonna force a tough shot and then if it goes in great but it's no let's get into our game plan and execute how we know we can execute um so there were long stretches of this game where i wanted jordan clarkson just not be in there because i feel like he was doing more harm than good with some of the shots he was taking that being said statistically he didn't have an awful game he was 5 for 12 shooting, 4 for 9 from the three-point line. Um, he contributed to our free throw problem. He only he only made one of two. but um, And so he fixed it. It wasn't a major issue, but there were stretches where I I wasn't comfortable having having him in the game. Uh, obviously, Quinn Snyder was. Quinn Snyder is smarter than me in basketball, so I'll, I'll, I'll concede there. Um, getting... Um, I talked about like the passive issue that a, the team's like not comfortable under the pressure. I feel like Joe Ingles, typically he's not that way, but I don't know. He just, uh, something felt off when, when he got the open shots, he tried to, I don't know. He wasn't in rhythm. He, it's like when you're learning to shoot, um, a basketball 
and and you're a kid so you're not very strong so you like you start throwing the ball and trying to throw it into the hoop instead of shooting it into the hoop I felt like that's kind of what Joe Ingles was doing that's why he was breaking a lot of his threes and he was only one for five from the three-point line tonight so that was a major and and that's kind of that's not just Joe Ingles I, I saw that with Ingles I saw that with um with O'Neal I've seen that with Nyang almost this whole series even though Nyang had a pretty awesome Dirk Nowitzki fadeaway jumper I'd love to see him pull that out a little more often um let's get to Mitchell I understand Mitchell is a little bit hurt right now he's not as explosive as he as he normally is and the Clippers are doing an excellent job at putting pressure on Mitchell um and just making it tough on him I I understand that he's his job isn't easy but Mitchell you could tell, like, he, he had a slow start, we all know that, and you could tell that was bugging him, and he was trying to force his way into the game, force his impact, and what I've noticed, uh, like, a couple years, Mitchell, a couple years ago, when Donovan Mitchell wasn't playing great, and he was trying to to kind of get going and get his rhythm going, he would drive every single play, and him doing that makes the rest of the offense work better. It makes Gobert more involved in the offense because he's now a lob threat. He can get the offensive rebounds. It it sucks the defense into the middle, so there's more three-point shooters open on the perimeter. So whenever he, when whenever Mitchell goes into the paint, good things happen. I've noticed a lot more this season, and specifically this game. It was really bad this game, I think. Um, and And granted, he was injured, so he's not as explosive. He wasn't as comfortable doing that. But... Mitchell, he would take contested deep threes whenever he wanted to to get things going. And he's a good three-point shooter, but that's not his shot. That's not how he gets things going. Um, if he were to go into the paint more, and for stretches, he started doing that. He started driving a little more, and that's when the Jazz started coming back. And then he started trying to take crazy threes. Um, so Donovan Mitchell, if I... like. Honestly, like if he changed one thing and he only took the open threes that were just kind of given to him and were there, and every other time he either tried to work the ball around or drive inside, I think the Jazz would have won. Even with all the other flaws that we saw the Jazz have, I think that was the big difference maker. That if and and because Donovan Mitchell, he's such an impactful player that him making that small of a change of taking less threes and going inside more is big enough to change the whole offense and the whole energy on the floor. Um, to, And I know I'm ranting. I'm kind of being like negative. These are just problems that I'm seeing that I think if the Jazz don't fix, we've lost the series. And and I, I've said this a couple times, so I'm sure there's new people on here. So um, I still think the Jazz have a shot at winning the series, and I think they can fix these things. These are just things that I've noticed, and if they continue, the Clippers are going to have to have a really, really, really bad game in order for the Jazz to win. So, uh, one more thing before I hop into the comments, um, or actually, no, yeah, one more thing. I, I won't go through the team stats. There wasn't anything terribly exciting there. Um, one other thing, and I don't know whether this is a defense issue or a energy issue, but... The Jazz let a lot of wide-open threes 
go in tonight. Um, they had lots of defensive breakdowns, so I guess there's a defensive issue there where someone's just left open. Open, And granted, the Clippers were playing small. They were forcing Gobert to guard a three-point shooter, so a lot of tonight Gobert was guarding a man. I don't know his first name. Um, I don't know. If if you know his first name, you can comment it. But his, his last name's Man, or he was guarding Batum, uh, which neither of them are great three-point shooters, but they can hit a three-point shot. And it, it was putting Gobert in an awkward position where he couldn't impact as well as he could, uh, as well as he normally does, I should say. Um, I don't know. That, and, and that being said, I feel like the Jazz need to figure that out defensively or... Maybe they just need to test a, a small ball lineup when the when the Clippers do that, and and when the Clippers do that, the Jazz need to let Gobert feast on the offensive end. They they don't put they don't have as many post up plays for Gobert, and they've done that. They've posted Gobert up a couple times in the season, and he's killed it, especially on smaller defenders. Gobert is part of that passive issue on offense, though. He he doesn't want to take the big shots. And I actually saw a time where Joe Ingles was chewing him out for that, where I think it was, um, he he had a, a it was like Jackson, I think, was guarding Gobert in the post. And Ingles passed the ball to Gobert, and Gobert passed it right back. And, and Ingles chewed him out for that. Uh, so we need to see Gobert being a little more aggressive when they're running those small ball lineups to make it hurt. Otherwise, if if it's not hurting, then it's going to hurt the Jazz, and it's not going to hurt the Clippers. So... Uh, but getting back to defense, um, so with that, the spacing was a little weird. Be- well, the, the Clipper spacing was great because Gobert was trying to stay in the paint, and then as soon as they passed it to the open guy in the corner, he would have to rush out. Now the paint's wide open. He's rushing out. It's an easy drive. And they ran this play like five times in a row right towards the end in the, in the uh, minutes where the Jazz had a shot of coming back, where Paul George, he would drive right, Gobert would step up to try to stop it. Paul George would pass it into the corner. Gobert would run to the corner, and he'd either get a three hit in his face or he would take the pump fake and the whoever was in the corner at that time drives in and, and gets a dunk or a layup or whatever. Uh, and they kept running that, and the, the Jazz didn't make any change. But the bigger issue for the whole game was the Jazz, like the, when they had a defensive breakdown, too many players are standing in the paint, and there's someone wide open on the three-point line. The Clippers don't have a ton of sharpshooters, but they have a lot of people who can hit threes. And the, when the Jazz give them that time to sit there, look at the basket, and shoot, the percentage is going to be a lot higher. Um, and my issue is, like, the defensive breakdowns need to be fixed. But my issue is not that the defensive breakdown happened, but that when it happened, the Jazz just gave up on the possession and moved on to the next one. They someone needed to to call it out that that was their mistake and show that it was their mistake by running out and trying to contest a shot. Excuse me. Um, with that, I, like, I don't think the Clippers have enough sharpshooters that, uh, like, there's enough decent shooters that a shot contest like that could alter shots for some of these guys or force them not to shoot. And then the Jazz get a second chance to try to force them into a bad shot or a shot clock or a turnover or whatever. Um, but because they were leaving so many just wide open threes with time, 
the Clippers shot 40% from the field. Um, so those were things that like I was very frustrated with watching this game. I know this is very like and I've said this a couple times. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm I'm trying to point out that I do think the Jazz are the better team. They're just like just something about it. They're too caught in their system to break out of it and actually change their system to beat the Clippers. Because the Clippers have found a way to disrupt the Jazz system enough to win games. And the Jazz aren't hitting threes enough all game long for the system to work. And so the Jazz need to try something new and and kind of break out of that. They need to keep shooting threes but move away from them a little bit more because I think it's the paint play that gets the threes open. It's like in football when, when you run to open up the pass. Um, that That's what it is for the Jazz. When Donovan Mitchell goes down low, and they, they feed the ball to Gobert in the post. That's what opens up the three-point shots. And they're not doing that enough. So the Clippers are able to stay out on the perimeter, stay really tight on defense. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I kind of covered my points. I don't want to dig deep into this. I've been monologuing for 20 minutes. And I try to keep the intro kind of short so I can hop into the chat. Um, so sorry for my monologue. Let me know if you like what your thoughts are on the game. If you think my uh, concerns with the offense and defense are are valid, or if you think I'm just, um, if that's just, I don't know. Let me know. Let me know your thoughts. Um, but with that, I'll hop into the chat. Um, and we got our our positive to to counteract my kind of my kind of gloom analysis because I didn't really bring up many positives for the Jazz in that. But we got Jazz going all the way. No worries, we got this. And Jordan Clarkson is fire. Um, I still think it's possible. I'm not saying it's not. Uh, if the Jazz play like this, it's not hap- like next game or if they can force a game seven playing like this and they play like that in game seven, it's not going to happen. The Jazz aren't winning two games in a row playing like they did tonight. So those things I think will need to be fixed. The good thing is we've seen the Jazz fix those things in the playoffs already this year. So it's not over. It's just going to be tough. Um, that 1-3 Royce took could have changed the entire game, rimmed out. That's true. Like, And I'm happy he took that one. That was a confident three. Uh, that looked different than what he was when he was passing up open threes earlier in the game. I think it was a good shot. Um that's just how it goes. And the Jazz, they had some bad luck because they had some open threes in the second half that players did take confidently, and they just rimmed out like that. I, I can think of two, maybe three like that. So that could have been a huge difference maker. We lost by eight. There's a six to nine point swing right, swing right there. Um, Carter says, sounds like Kawhi will be out the rest of the series. That only helps if we get Conley back for game six and seven. Um and he also says Mitchell wasn't on his game trying to facilitate more than shoot. Hence, we need Conley or the season is over. Um, yeah, I and I'm I don't know how much of you uh, like if you watch the game, they talked about it a little bit in the commentary. But Conley was talking about his injury, how he was he was feeling. I think he said he was like feeling ready for game three. But then uh he had like a flare-up or like he re-injured it or i think he said it was like a slightly different spot that started bugging him again and so now he's trying to be really careful he's like 
trying to find that balance between staying in shape, getting his shots in, and just resting to let the to let him heal so he can be ready for the game. Um, it sounds like it's a minor enough injury that if worse comes to worst, he Conley could come back and play on it as it is now. Obviously, that's not ideal, and it's obviously a big enough issue that the Jazz decided not to play him, even though this was a huge game. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm really curious to see how the Jazz uh, decide to play this because next game, if if the Jazz lose this, and I don't think this will be happening. I don't think this will happen because I think Conley will come back. But that this could be Conley's last chance to play as a member of the Jazz. Um, so I think. I don't know. I think as a toss-up, I think there's a good chance that Conley will come and play for Game Six, and and Conley has said that when he returns, he won't be 100 percent healthy. So I don't know how this. And I don't know. He doesn't really have an exact timetable. He does expect to come back for the series, though. So we'll see how that goes. I hope Conley comes back, and I hope he can make a huge difference because that could be huge. Having a fully healthy Jazz team especially as this Clippers team is a little bit beat up without Kawhi um, playing for the rest of the series. And we don't know how long Kawhi is going to be out. So even if the uh, Jazz do end up letting this series slip and lose and the Clippers move on, that's what I'm saying. I I don't think the Clippers have a great chance against the Suns, especially with Kawhi out. Um, Brax12 says, So many times Paul George would drive and somehow... And someone would be wide open in the left three-point corner. No adjustments to stop it whatsoever. I know, like, I, while watching, because ha- they ran that play like five or six times in a row. Like, not even trying to hide it, not even trying to flip where it was on the court. It was the same exact thing. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't know what they were, what they wanted. Like, that was a tough situation because the Clippers small ball lineup was really breaking the Jazz defense because Rudy is, is so much in the paint and he was forced to guard a three-point shooter. Um, that being said, there had to be something. Um, I would have been fine with man just shooting corner threes. And if he beats us that way, great. But I don't think he would have beat us that way. Uh, so even if that was the adjustment, just don't tell Gobert to run out there and guard him on the perimeter, that would have been great. I think that would have been better than what we had. Uh, I don't know whether the solution would have been double teaming Paul George so he couldn't drive right. So bring like the the center man who would who'd be guarding Beverly, whoever is in at point guard at that point. Um, so like the center guard in the middle of the court, bring him over. That way, there's not a wide open guy in the right corner. Paul George and Paul George is trying to drive right. He'll he'll swing it, and then there can be help from the other side to come and and adjust. And as long as they hustled it, that could have worked. Um, and I realize this is the playoffs and the Jazz haven't done a ton of experimentation with smaller lineups, but I, and I know how huge of an impact Gobert can make, but in that case, if you're not trying to get Gobert post up, post ups on offense, I, I would have liked to see a, a small ball lineup from the Jazz. I think we have the personnel to make it work. Um, so but I don't think that's going to happen realistically. I'd like to see it. I don't think it will happen, though. So um, that was frustrating, seeing it happen so many times. And and that's an adjustment that, like, there were enough timeouts in between those plays as well that 
they had the coaches could have drawn up an adjustment or, or coached an adjustment that happened so many times that they could have yelled something from the sideline while they were back on offense. It could like, it happened so many times that the players should have at least figured out something and tested something because it was working every time. So if you test something, what's going to happen? They're going to score because the test didn't work and then they were going to score it anyway, running the same defensive strategy against that. So I don't know. I agree with you, Rex. Like, they needed to do something. It was frustrating to watch. Um, good news is now they have all that tape of that play, so I'm sure they'll figure something else out between uh, now and game six, and they'll draw something out so that it won't work in game six, hopefully. If if they don't adjust to that, then maybe the Clippers will just run that all game in game six. Um, yeah. But on the bright side, and I hate this being the bright side, um, so, well, on the bright side, I do think the Jazz are still the better team. Um, I think the Jazz, with a few adjustments, could have easily won this game. They just didn't make the adjustments, which is frustrating. And we're not going to see Quarry next game. And I hate the bright side being their best players injured, because an injury is something you never want to celebrate. Um, it's just this is a high-pressure situation, and it makes... Jazz fans have a slightly higher chance of seeing their team win, um, which, like, it's one of those things where I'd rather see the Jazz win with Kawhi in, but if it gives us a better chance and it was going to happen anyway, <laughs> I won't, like, I'll live with it. I'll, I'll be fine with that. Um, so I think we I, I think we have a chance to pull us off. Um, it's just going to be tough, and, and the Jazz are going to have to bring their A game and we're going to see need to see a lot less stupid threes from Donovan Mitchell. Um, take the ones that the that the defense gives you. Don't force anything. Is is my message for Mitchell from the three point line? Um, because even even though he was in he was like hurting tonight, him going into the paint was huge. Whenever he did tonight, I think he's so effective down there that um, that's what he should really shoot for. Unless the defense is giving him threes, then if the defense is giving him threes, take threes all night long. Um, Braxwell says, yeah, I agree that Gobert shouldn't run out every time to contest. That's why he ended up getting dunked on by man. And as much as I hated that, that dunk was so frustrating. That was a pretty sick dunk if you look at it objectively. So (laughs) it was just frustrating. Like, I don't know. Um, the Clippers, they've done something that I've not seen happen very many times and they figured out how to make Gobert a defensive liability they just like for towards the end they made the defensive player of the year a defensive liability for the Jazz which is incredible and that shouldn't happen um but it did so that that's my main concern um I think I think there's a lot riding on the line for the Jazz I think if Quinn Snyder doesn't pull this out and make some big changes, people are going to start labeling him as a not very good coach as far as X's and O's goes and, and playoff adjustments. And he won't be, he'll be labeled as a bad playoff coach, um, which is annoying because then we'll have to see the media talk about that. I don't think Quinn's job will be in jeopardy for that. I think Quinn's still one of the best coaches in the NBA, but if he's not making these adjustments is something he needs to figure out or he needs to get, a better assistant who can help him with that if that's just not a strong suit. So if that really is an issue, that's something they may need to figure out. 
Um, I don't know what the, obviously I don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes there, but that's something that might come up headline wise. Also, if the Jazz lose next game, we'll have to hear like, cause there's all this hype about how great Donovan Mitchell was. We might have to hear some Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert hate about how they're, they're good players and that this team's good in the regular season, but they're, they're not really playoff teams. So I don't think any of that's true. I just think as fans, that's something um, that I really, I really don't want to hear all summer, all off season about the jazz that way. So, and, and we'll hear that probably all like until next playoffs, if that's what happens. So I, I think the jazz can pull it off. It's just going to be really tough. Um, and, and that's kind of what's on the line for the fans. <laughs> Um, Brax 12 says, got to give it to Lou. The small ball lineup is looking like an Achilles heel for the jazz. I would like them to go small and that doesn't mean playing favors. Yeah. I'd be super interested. Um, I don't know whether playing, uh, Ilyasova just hasn't haven't had enough minutes to put him out there, but like we could put, go super small and like put Bojan out there at the five. Um, and then, and then just sub in. Clarkson for Gobert or Nying for Gobert to to give us a little bit more size. Um, I'd be really interested to see that happen. There's a lot at risk though, so I don't think I don't think they're going to take test that out in a elimination game play uh, game six. But I I don't know. I think that could have worked against the small ball, but I I still think I still think Gobert is underutilized in the post. And I think that's part of the jazz, that part of the fault is the jazz system where they're very three point heavy. Part of the fault is Gobert just doesn't look comfortable in the post. He like he I think he's good. I just don't think he likes the pressure of having to be the guy who has to score. Um, he'd rather be the guy cleaning up the boards and getting the garbage buckets down low, which he's good at. Um, but if the Clippers play small ball, I think the first thing the Jazz need to do is start calling some post-ups for Gobert because uh, he can dunk on people. He's way taller than what the defender would be. So rather than having Mitchell take a, a double-teamed three way above the arc, just get it into Gobert and have him dunk on man or or whoever's guarding him at that point. Um, they have, who else would they have on him? They didn't play Zubats much tonight uh, because the small ball was working. Oh, Batum. They have Batum out there a lot, which... Batum is nowhere near Gobert size, so yeah, I think I think they need to mix it up. Don't stick to the threes if they're not working, and, and if the Clippers bring out the small ball, the threes like they're also really good at defending the threes with the small ball lineup of perimeter defenders. So you need to either drive or just let Gobert post up. But yeah, I th- I think I think we can pull it off. I'm going to be really, really nervous watching Game Six still, even with even though I think we can pull it off because um, we just lost the last three games. But a rough game. The, the Jazz really uh, they need to they need to either make some big adjustments in between now and next game, or they need to learn how to make end game adjustments a little bit better. But with that, I'll sign off for tonight. Um, rough loss. I'm I'm excited to root for the Jazz though in Game Six, um, yeah. It hope, hopefully like you guys 
got something out of that. Um, maybe maybe I saw something that you guys weren't quite seeing, or maybe um, you liked a solution I brought up. But yeah, let's let's see how let's see how they adjust for Game Six, and if they don't, that might be the end of the season, which will suck. But that's what we're facing at this point. So thanks for tuning in, guys. I know it's not always fun tuning in after a tough loss, but uh, thanks for being here for the live stream. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for everyone who commented. And yeah, go Jazz. Let's let's win game 6 and 7. Thanks guys.